Hey, before we jump into the podcast, just want to give a quick reminder, if you're new here to the Holistic Nootropics podcast, to please just take a quick second and subscribe to the podcast. It takes literally a second to do. Just hit the subscribe button right there in your podcast player. Also, if you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, if you're more of a visual person, you like to actually watch the podcast, you can actually do that over on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com, search Holistic Nootropics, You'll see our page pop up. Subscribe to that. Hit the little bell icon so you can get notified every single time new videos drop because we don't just do podcasts over there. We do product reviews. We do all kinds of nootropic and biohacking and holistic health topical videos. So go on over, check us out on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. And for all things nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking related, go on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking to help you hack the power of your brain. My name is Eric. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, and today on the podcast, I have Wade Lightheart. Wade is a three-time Canadian national all-natural bodybuilding champion who competed as a vegetarian, former Mr. Universe competitor, and the host of the Awesome Health Podcast. Podcast. Wade is also one of the leading voices in the biohacking community and the founder of Buy Optimizers, a top nutrition and supplement company. Me and Wade had a very fascinating discussion on all things biohacking, included, uh, including mind-body connection, specific nutrients that are great for the brain and body. We talked about metabolic health. We talked about gut health. We talked about all kinds of things, holistic health. I know you're gonna love this podcast. Now, if you would like to get the show notes along with links to all of Wade's products, go on over to holisticnootropics.com forward slash Wade. We'll have the full show notes to today's podcast. And if you just go on over to holisticnootropics.com forward slash podcast, that's where all the show notes to all the podcasts that we've ever recorded are. Go on over to the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page, become a subscriber, watch the videos of all of these podcasts. And with no further ado, enjoy today's podcast with Wade Lightheart. The man, the myth, the legend, Wade Lightheart is with me today. Wade, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Eric. I'm looking forward to this uh, episode. Absolutely. This is cool because I'm a, I'm a big fan of your products. Um, I use your products. I I've written about your products. Um, you know, I, I think you have such a cool suite of pathways that you hit on, you know, like you're not just a supplement company, but you're really hitting on some fundamental ideas and pathways in the body that are so foundational. And I think so often overlooked by people in the wellness space, but we all need these things, magnesium, gut health, metabolic health. So I find that you have a very unique perspective to this wellness thing. And I'm curious for you, you know, with your own kind of health background, working in nutrition, being a bodybuilding competitor, where did it all start for you? Where did this idea of wellness and health come from, especially considering your background? Yeah. So, um, thanks for asking. So I would go, you can trace it back and there's kind of turning points in everybody's life that set up 
uh, I think your destiny, if you will. Um, when I was 15, three things happened to me. My parents moved to a very rural place. It was five miles to my nearest neighbor, uh, neighbor up a dirt road uh, where the telephone poles ended up my doorstep. They were the caretakers of a beautiful resort, but in the middle of the woods, it was like 50 miles to a city and all that sort of stuff. And so that put me in a position where I had a lot of time in my hands. I wasn't with my friends and that gave me a lot of reflection point time and steady point times at 15. I wasn't happy about it, but I see the benefit. Second thing happened. My sister, who was four years, my senior uh, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. And I watched her go through the medical model for four years before she died. And what was interesting about that is that, that tragedy. I can remember we'd be driving home from, her treatments and she'd be getting, you know, violently ill. We'd have to stop the truck maybe six times on the way home. And I'd be like, this doesn't make sense that the treatments the, 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 seem worse than the disease. Like if you want health, I would think you would try to go towards the health as opposed to some other thing. So in my naive way, I was trying to figure that out. So my, my, the value of, Hey, your life isn't a guarantee and your health isn't a guarantee was imprinted on me at a very early age. The third thing that happened at that time, and this all happened in a very short period of time, my sister gave me a bodybuilding magazine and had Troy Zaclato on the cover of the magazine, Mr. California, with two pretty girls and being 15 years old and driven out of my mind with testosterone. I'm like, oh, man, then maybe I could get some girls if I had these muscles. And so I built a, a gym in my barn, kind of like Rocky Five, I think it was, or, or, or four, whatever he fought, the Russian Drago, and, and started training and discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he, he said something in his book um, to me, education of a bodybuilder. He said, you can achieve anything you want in life. If you have hard work, self-discipline and a positive attitude. Well, everybody I knew worked hard, but the self-discipline and positive attitude were interesting. So as I went through that process and the bodybuilding bucket, I went to university and went to exercise physiology and then leaving that, cause that seemed to be a bunch of compartmentalized information. I started like, well, who's producing the results I wanted? And I started mentoring under various people, eventually leading to my coach, Scott Abel, uh, who was perhaps one of the greatest bodybuilding coaches ever. And his whole approach was far more sophisticated than anybody else I'd heard. He was addressing nervous system optimization, um, how to use various types of carbohydrates to accelerate amino acid absorption from your proteins. Um, longer periods of time he was using or other people to get into shape and his athletes all looked better. So this was kind of like bodybuilding in a lot of ways is the originators of biohacking because you're fighting two evolutionary components. Number one, building more muscle than your body needs. And number two, getting your body fat to lower levels than is, than is natural or healthy. So, or, or the, so it's, it's a very unusual sport in that it's going against two like millions of years of evolution you're fighting against. So you have to start getting creative to kind of move up your ranks in that. But all that led to, and of course I worked in the industry and every level from supplement industry, personal training. And I was always fascinated with um, manipulating either training or diet or recovery or uh, psychological aspects to enhance performance with myself and my clients. And eventually I, I, I made it to the Mr. Universe contest, but after 16 years, and I had no business being a bodybuilder, I have terrible genetics, um, 
but I was good enough to get to the, to the world-class level. I mean, there was the guys that were winning were, were totally, there was nothing I was going to do to beat those guys. They were just, they just were born with different genetics and, and everybody's training hard. Everybody's dieting hard at a certain point. If you get to the world-class level, there's talent. But after that, I crashed and burned. I had, I was on basically for two years, I'd been on relatively restrictive dieting, including the last 11 months leading to that show, just the way the titles were. And it created a cascade of problems that wrecked my digestion. So I went from the Mr. Universe contest in 11 weeks, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water. Mm. And I went, I say, I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. And I remember being shocked, you know, I've just been recognized in the pinnacle of aesthetic ideal. So aesthetics, performance, and health are the three areas where people are attracted into this industry. Usually they end up in health at the end. And I had mastered performance and, and, and aesthetics, but it compromised my health. And I couldn't figure out what happened. And, and what was interesting is I met a doctor named uh, Dr. Michael LeBron, changed my life. He was in his seventies. He was the epitome out of a movie script of what you would want to be as a senior citizen. He was super vibrant. He could look through it. He looked so healthy and vibrant and he'd overcome cancer and cirrhosis, all these kind of conditions. And, and I went to his seminar and he started explaining about digestion and absorption and nutrient utilization and things that disrupt our digestion. And I said to him, well, what happened? And he says, Wade, you've learned to build the body from the outside in. I'm going to teach you how to build the body from the inside out. So I went on his most aggressive program. Matt and I spent 1500 bucks a month on nutritional supplements to rebuild ourselves from the inside out. And I, I went on a completely raw food diet to, mm. as well. I always believe in dietary experimentation, which I stayed on for two years. And the recovery was incredible. I completely rebuilt myself. Six months later, I had my physique back. But what I was experiencing, which I wasn't as a high performance builder, I had better cognition. My brain worked better. I slept less. I, I didn't have the joint pain that happened. I didn't have the brain fog when I was waking up in the morning in the crust, crusty eyes kind of thing. And, you know, you know, and so this was transformative. And Matt and I had started a business online, which was as an education company trying to help high performing athletes avoid the same fate that that was was doomed for them at a certain stage, you know, and so we got. 15,000 clients over the next four years, which we coached and, and, and gathered a, a tremendous amount of what I would say clinical data. Not, it's not like a double blind study, but you're getting real world people in like with real world challenges and you're overcoming them. At that point, I had enough of a model to go back to the world championship. I won two more national titles. I applied everything I learned, went to the nationals, went to the worlds, instead of placing 13th, went fifth, but didn't have all of the, didn't have the brain fog, didn't have the, the rebound, didn't have the joint pain, didn't have any of the experiences I had before. I'm like, okay, we've got something. And I started educating the world from that. And then later on, our company uh, rebranded as Bioptimizer. It's still the same essential component. And uh, we've been uh, kind of leading the way in biological optimization uh, for the last few years. So it's been great. That's an amazing story. And it, it really highlights this this, this fundamental concept of health that gets 
overlooked, I find in the, you know, like in the bro lifting science yeah. community or the, the bodybuilding community or, or, or even athletics. I think athletics are the worst at this, but that's the idea of using nutrition to lower inflammation because inflammation is, it's the root of, of all the everything. problems of everything. Yeah, I'm a killer. And, you know, I, I hear these stories all the time with professional athletes, especially football players, basketball players. It's like, you know, when you're 25 and you're, and you're rocking, you know, you, you've got world-class trainers, you've got dietitians, you can eat. I think there was a rumor that like LeBron James first couple of years, like he would eat like a Big Mac or something at halftime of games, you know, like you have that kind of metabolism, but you know, most people, it's like, if you are, if you come off of that high level athletic performance, the dietary habits don't change. So maybe you were, uh, you know, you were helping yourself with the athletic performance. Maybe you weren't, maybe you were just causing even more inflammation, causing these kind of nagging injuries, like the Achilles heel or like, uh, tendonitis in the knee or tendonitis, wherever, you know, athletes pull these random pec muscles and bicep muscles, turf toe, all these things you could always attest back, maybe not turf toe, but, um, gout for sure. <laughs> uh, you can attest back to, to inflammation. Right. And then you hear about athletes who are depressed and you're like, how are these guys like going through all this? I thought they're supposed to be supreme physical specialists and yet they're still dealing with these problems. So I, I find your story very, um, you know, very enlightening for, for other people who are going through athletic endeavors like that. Yeah. And this, this is one of the, I think Neil Young said it best is the same thing that makes you live can kill you in the end. Anytime that you're dealing with people on the, what I would call the higher end of the bell curve in response to anything, whether that is cognitive performance, uh, business capabilities, athletic endeavors, you're dealing with people who already have some sort of unique physiological advantages, whether that is a cognitive performance or that is physical performance. And oftentimes when you deal with the best of the best, you get maybe two of those stacked in your favor. And you know, a really, really sh sharp brain or a really extraordinarily set of physical genetics can carry you and mask weak points in your game. And what will happen is I think there's, there is an over-reliance on your advantages as opposed to being able to objectively step back from myself and say, okay, Okay. Yes. In the case of LeBron James. Okay. Yes. I'm six foot eight. Yes. I'm 270 pounds. Yes. I have unbelievable athletic coordination for a person that mindset. And I have supreme focus about coaching and training. It's very easy to rely on those laurels until something goes wrong. And oftentimes when it goes wrong or what you get used to, it just becomes normal as opposed to being able to have someone step back and say, yeah, okay, you've got this in your game, but there's another, there's another level that's available to you. And that is just recently emerging in the last few years with the success of people like Tom Brady and the people like LeBron James, you could put uh, James Harrison in that as well. People who extended their careers 
at a high level, far longer than it was, has ever been recorded. And I think they're setting a new standard. And like you said, most of those guys didn't start that way. Like what would have happened if Wayne Gretzky was biologically optimizing himself or what would have happened if Michael Jordan was doing this with these people? And they had a certain amount inside their athletic training community, but the, we need to, now that we have enough technology, we can start monitoring some of these things is guess what? Now we've, we're getting feedback loops to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, sure. You can run a four, three, 40 on McDonald's, but you're only going to run a four, three, 30 for three years. And then you're out of the league. Yep. Why not run a four, three, 30 for 10 years and become uh, a hall of famer? Absolutely. And the, the mental side too, especially because, you know, I know a lot of elite sport performance is so much mental. Like you have sports psychologists and you have therapists that work with athletes. And I mean, when you look at someone like Tom Brady, like what makes, what's the difference between like a Tom Brady and a Philip Rivers, right? A Tom Brady right. has won so many championships. A Philip, not to disparage Philip Rivers. He's a little bit better of a quarterback than I am, but uh, yes. you know, he's still good, but he never made it over the top. And the thing they say in the NFL, it's, it's uh, it, it NFL stands for not for long. So what is yeah. the difference between someone like Tom Brady who plays, I don't what, 20 years at this point and somebody who barely makes it in the league and is out in three years, you're talking about mindset. Well, then what else goes into mindset? Well, this positive attitude thing can only take you so far. This drive can only take you so far. It's actually feeding your brain the nutrients it needs, right? And, um, you know, going back to this kind of gut-brain connection thing, feeding your gut the nutrients it needs helps make those neurotransmitters um, along with all the other benefits. But, you know, you in this day and age, we actually know the science that can actually propel not even an athlete, just a regular Joe, you know, or regular Sally from being, you know, hating your office job to really optimizing yourself to get the positions and the, you know, and the careers you want. Well, there's a, there's a couple other things that I think a lot of people haven't factored into the equation. And I hope they would consider these and having done a deep dive I've, I've, and some good fortune. I've recognized a couple of things. If you look at, say, the founding fathers of the United States Constitution, these people were philosophers, they were writers, they were lawyers, they were farmers, they, they were polymaths, almost all of them. And, and you go, okay, and they lived like a few hundred years ago. And as we went into a very technologically advanced world, particularly after the World War II, and we changed our food production and distribution methods from factory farming. So for the last 80 years, we have been playing a game of diminishing returns. Particularly, we've been reliant on chemicals to grow food products faster that deplete the mineral absorption of the plants. And then we rely on chemicals to ward off pests um, for the plants. So you have those two combinations. So herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides interrupt enzymatic activities in all living organisms. That, that's how they kill the bugs. And enzymes are the difference between the living and the dead. The difference between a stone, a plant, and a person is the amount of enzymes and enzymatic reactions that they're able and capable of doing. Then you have our natural microbes, uh, which are present in the soil. Again, being eliminated 
uh, from the world. And then the advent of uh, preservatives and dyes and stuff because of food production and distribution and monoculture farming without crop rotation, without reconstituting the soil. Well, what happens? Over 80 years, we've been living in this world. And we've now gone from eating real food into constructed food. Now, here's the problem with constructed food. We have been taught a education model of what is food. Well, food is protein, carbohydrates, uh, fats, and uh, some fiber, and a couple of macro. Like you're, if you look at a nutritional panel, that nutritional panel might be the biggest illusion that has ever been put forth on the population. And it's so ubiquitous that we automatically, well, it's, well, it's fortified with vitamin D. It's obviously good for me, or it has this amount of protein. It doesn't say that that's hydrolyzed protein from, you know, the, 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 the beaks and nails of a chicken or the, 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 the skin of a pig, or it's, uh, you know, some genetically modified soybean oil with, uh, you know, genetically modified canola as part of the fat content, you know, so what, and, and, and no nutrition, but almost no nutrition book that I've ever been exposed to. They do like about two paragraphs on the role of enzymes and digestion, absorption, and utilization. They just say, oh, it's an essential component of it and just assume it's done. Same thing with the microbiome and the flora and the different types of bacteria which produce the different nutrients, which almost all of our uh, neurocognitive functions are associated with our gut health. Well, that's been not taken into it. You don't see any of the research in psychological or psychiatric uh, periodicals dealing with it. They, they suggest what chemical deficiency you have and they give you some sort of drug to combat the chemical deficiency as opposed to well why am i why is that person not producing that particular neurochemical and so it's it's reactive instead of proactive because the money is keeping people on the loop the money is not in correcting the issue and so i believe in medicine and its benefits in an acute situation but i also know that medical error is the third leading cause of death. So why am I going to bet if I'm going to live a great life? Think about this. Think about this. If you're going to make a bet on a team and you're looking at the third worst team in the league, <laughs> is that a bet that you want to make all the time that they're going to win for you? No, you're going to lose more times than not. And that's not a game that you can afford to lose. You can afford to lose a bet. You cannot afford to lose a bet with your health. And unfortunately, more and more people are losing that bet because they're playing a game where the odds are stacked against them and they don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing that you try to communicate to people, especially in these wild times, right? Which is like, look, we know that there is a direct connection between the gut and the immune system. I mean, we're talking the immune system literally lives on the gut. So you think maybe the gut has just a little bit to do with the immune system. We know that depression is actually inflammation, right? So inflammation comes from the immune system. So you think maybe the gut might have something to do with depression. You know that the gut also makes 90% of your serotonin, 50% of your GABA, 50% of your dopamine. And those are fairly conservative numbers too, right? Uh, so it's like, what are we doing not 
making this like the top story on the news every single day, right? Probably because it would wipe out a lot of, you know, uh, pharmaceutical profits, of course. But um, I know in my, in my experience, fixing my gut um, and it wasn't just, and that, that term gets thrown around a lot right, in the wellness sure. industry. It's, it's quite complicated and for everybody, it's a little different, but when you can dial that in, it will literally change your life. 100%. And I, you know, I would never have gotten to this situation if I hadn't have damaged myself through a performance-based lifestyle. So I think it's great to go to the extremes, uh, if you're so you know, hardwired for that, but there's risks inherent with it, whether you're a military person, a, a business person, or an athletic person, people that are, we we're fascinated with things on the extremes. However, if you can survive yourself and come back and learn from it, well, then we can apply what we've learned. And that was the case for myself. And maybe it was my destiny to figure out digestion. And we've been at it for a long time and it's been a, it's been an awesome journey. Yeah. And in the biohacking space too, it's, it's pretty wild, you know, uh, to, to see the, to see the conversations between, um, you know, there's a lot of amateurs, right? There's a lot of people who hear about biohacking. They, they really want to be peak performance. I can't blame somebody for wanting that, you know, but I see people doing this kind of pharmaceutical approach to biohacking where it's like, okay, well, I want better. I want to improve my memory. So what are the supplements that improve my memory? Okay. I'm going to buy all of those <laughs> and I'm going to take them all day. And I tell people all the time, it's like, look, you could go to a GNC, you can go to any supplement store and you could literally point at every single supplement and have a benefit for it. So then if that's the, if that's the approach you're going to take, why not just go to the GNC, throw your credit card down and just buy one of everything and then just take one of everything throughout the day because you're going to have superhuman benefit because that's not how it works, right? Correct. Like you have to be more, um, you have to be your own detective, right? And you got to find what works for you and you can't get caught up in the, um, uh, you know, in the copy, right. In the, yes. in the advertising of everything and really, and really find the right nutrients that, that specifically work and be very targeted with it. Yeah. And I think that goes back to first principles. And so if you look at the number one assumption that happens for people, when they look at their nutrition program is they make the immediate assumption that they digest, assimilate and absorb and utilize everything that they ate, but we know that that's not true. And that assumption can kill you. The other thing is, is we're not able to, I think a lot of people are not able to accurately assess the things that are potentially going wrong in their lifestyles because they're not going to get that from their GP or whatever. So as a biohacker, we now have access to tests and data and information and then we can build an overarching strategy about, okay, well, here's where I am in this life. Here's one of my goals. Here's what I'm struggling with. Now, based out of a process of, of, of expertise testing, we can now identify what is the most likely scenario or things that we can stack in our favor to offset the potential challenges that I'm experiencing. That's really what I call biohacking. Um, just like Back in the day when I would look at a person and, I, and they would come in and they want to have a certain aesthetic ideal, I'm like, okay, we're not just going to randomly throw around exercises. 
anybody can go to the gym and put a series of exercise and call it a workout, but a strategic program involves working specific exercises in specific ranges and tempos and volume levels so that I put muscle on the body in the appropriate places for that person that leads to what the human biology observes as aesthetically pleasing. It's no different when going at her body. You were looking at, okay, here's my genetics. Here's my epigenetics. Here's my microbiome. Here's my biofeedback. Here's my blood sugar regulation. Here's my hormone profile. Here's my uh, neurotransmitter dominance, right? Here's the pre the predispositions that I have for heart disease and diabetes and cancer. Okay. And let's put all those up there and let's look at my diet now. Okay. And based on all this, where are the holes? Let's fill the holes first. Let's stop the stupid things and let's fill the holes. Right there, you're gonna make a giant leap. Once you've achieved that, then it comes down to what we call tweakology, where we're now we're doing very controlled experiments on various supplements or things where we're like, okay, well, what, what, would, what would happen if I up my magnesium levels to two grams or three grams or four grams? Can I get a somatic effect from that? And, and you start running targeted experiments and that becomes, uh, then it gets, you know, you really shift into turbo. So I think, I think realistically, most people can fix their gut in, in anywhere, three months for most people, there's our extreme conditions that might go longer. But once you fix your gut, everything else that you do afterwards is amplified. If you never fix your gut, many of the things that may have had benefit for you you'll never receive the benefits because you can't digest and absorb and utilize those, whatever you're eating. Yeah. You are what you absorb, right? That's, that's the number one. I mean, that's the the long and short of it. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, the number one thing, and you mentioned it, tweakology, right? Like people don't realize how close they are. Even if your health is a complete disaster, you like you can, one, one thing that I love to do as a practitioner is I give people these food and mood journals and I go three days, write down what you eat, write down how you feel, write down the bowel movements, all this stuff. And it, it's actually pretty difficult for people to do, which is mind blowing, right? Isn't it? And it's crazy. But when they do it, it's the first time when they look on paper, and they go, okay, so I start my day with, uh, with a toaster strudel, a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch and an orange juice. And then 11 o'clock I'm ready to take a nap and I get anxiety at noon. And then I have a ham sandwich with some potato chips and I get depressed about two and you're like, well, and then you're constipated the whole time. Right. And so you're like, yeah, there you go. There's your thing. Now, all we got to do is just get rid of some of that stuff. Right. You don't have to get rid of the whole menu, but say, what is like the low hanging fruit? Okay. The refined sugar. How do we, can we change your breakfast a little bit? Can we get some more protein, get some of those sugars out? Can we get the freaking hydrogenated vegetable oils out, you know? And then even if you do just that, you know, even if you take like creamer out of somebody's coffee or, you know, uh, I find sugar in the morning is probably the biggest game changer for people. Get sugar out of your, out of your life in the morning. If you want to have it at night, have it at night, you know, have yourself a little dessert, whatever. But in the morning, if you can just get that out, take your bagel, throw it against the wall, put in like some eggs, some bacon, some sausage, whatever, or just fast. I don't know, but just these little things and, And then you throw in some of these bad boys, some enzymes, throw in some HCL, start digesting it. Uh, Your life will change, guaranteed. Yeah. Charles Poliquin, the great 
trainer who trained gold medalists in 27 different Olympic sports and the who's who of professional sports, an incredible track record. Um, I attended one of his lectures at the Bulletproof Conference one year, and he was just laying down so much gold in that conference. It was one of the most influential or powerful experiments. And a couple of things that he said, the first meal of the day, he said, sets up your brain chemistry. And he would have his athletes do a neurochemical dominance test. Uh, they took a Braverman test at that time to see which neurochemical dominance that they had. If they were not dopamine or acetylcholine dominant, he wouldn't even train them. He said, you know, you have no chance of winning a gold medal. Forget it. You're, you're, you're going to be an artist or you're going to be something else or people for whatever. Second thing is he based his training on he'd have two athletes in the same sport, depending on their neurotransmitter downloads. One guy's training three times a week. Another one's training nine. And he would customize their supplementation to manage the stress they were under. And he was one of the guys, the progenitors of using essential fatty acids and high dosages of different types of magnesium to offset the stress of high performance athletics. And years later, when I went through my own burnout from working too many jobs and all that sort of stuff. Those were two of the tools that I leveraged to pull myself back uh, in a relatively quick fashion because I had those tools in the toolbox. And so I think that's where we can leverage people on the edge to, you know, just like formula one car drivers drive at extreme, like who wants to drive down the road at 200 miles an hour, risking your life. But the technology that's developed on those cars will help you uh, navigate the roads at 50 miles an hour in your local neighborhood. And the, so we need those people and we can borrow from them to kind of get ourselves out of difficult challenges that we might find ourselves either because of poor lifestyle choices or performance-based cho cho choices that we left out key elements that, you know, leave us our health less than desired. The magnesium is, is such a, such a game changer you know, because it is one of these minerals that it's so important and it's so, we're so undernourished in it, especially if you're, if you're doing the standard American diet, if you're not sleeping, I mean, your, your adrenal glands just burn through magnesium, your brain just burns through magnesium. And it's one of those, it's one of those nutrients that you can physically feel it, you know, like you can take B vitamins, you might not feel it. You can take vitamin A, you take a multivitamin, might not feel it, but magnesium, you take some magnesium. If you take a good amount of magnesium when you really need it, um, yeah, it will for sure chill you out. It'll help you sleep. It'll loosen your bowels a little bit, sometimes maybe too much, but it will, it will give you that physical sensation of, you know, knowing that of just, of just chilling out. And, uh, especially with the amount of adrenal burnout we have, and then, you know, that connection to the immune system. And then obviously all of the downstream effects that come from that, um, you know, especially the different types of magnesium too. There's not just magnesium. It's like, there's good magnesium and there's magnesium you want to avoid. There's some magnesium that's good for, you know, the brain, there's some that's good for the body. So, um, I know you've got uh, a really cool magnesium product. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, these different types of magnesium. Yeah. So, um, you know, being an extreme guy, I got myself into trouble a number of years ago. I was working three businesses and not sleeping much. And I think it was like two years. I worked every single day for 12, 14 hours a day and uh, burned myself out. 
a little bit. And so I was like, okay, I need to, and I, and I did some testing. I did um, a spectrocell test, I think, which is a, one of the gold standards up there. And I had depleted my magnesium levels pretty extensively. And I was like, okay, well, let's bolster that. Now, a couple of caveats here uh, in magnesium. And I went back to that Poliquin seminar and he had listed that he had discovered that you needed different types of magnesium were absorbed and utilized by different parts of the body. And I was like, okay, so what I did and Matt and I are really into this kind of stuff. We went out and bought every magnesium on the market and created spreadsheets and we followed a policy. And this is really, I think a really good thing for biohackers to consider. There was these guys by name, Abraham Hoffer, Dr. Linus Pauling and, and Dr. David Hawkins who wrote orthomolecular psychiatry back in the seventies. Mm -hmm. And what they discovered is that you could use super physiological dosages of various vitamins, minerals, and nutrients in a way that would alter and often eliminate the disease symptoms that people were suffering in advanced states of psychi psychiatric, like things like schizophrenia and all sorts of horrific things, which he said were traced to high levels of toxicity and super deficiencies. In other words, what I would say deficiencies that led to dysregulation of normal cognitive performance. And they had a tremendous track record for doing it. And the, there was a big uproar in the psychiatric community that these guys were using vitamins and minerals to treat illnesses. Now, inside of that, they also recognized um, a dosing pattern, which was systematically increasing the dosage until you got, quote unquote, like you talked about the runs, you got loose bowels, which is called breaking the GI barrier. In other words, when you hit saturation of a, of a nutrient in your body and your body can't handle any more of it, you'll generally get the runs. So what they would do is in, they would gradually increase the dosage of a product. And the most famous was probably vitamin C. They would take 1,000 milligrams, 2,000 milligrams. And whenever they hit the breaking of the GI barrier, they would then dial it back and then keep going until they broke the GI bear again and they dial it back some more. And that way they would super saturate the system with the deficient nutrients so they could, if they could, I call it the bucket theory of nutrition. I did a video on it in my course. They would fill up the bucket so they had a whole bucket and your burn rate's just like a hole in the bucket. If you only put in what you need for your lifestyle, you never get to feel what that full bucket feeling is like where you're in what I call the, op the biologically optimized brain or the biologically optimized body, whatever you want to re refer it to. So I applied that strategy on magnesium. We create spreadsheets. We started tracking the different types of magnesium. How much till I got tolerance on this? How much till I got tolerance on this? How much till I get tolerance on this? And it varied quite significantly. Citrate being magnesium citrate being one of the ones that would most quickly get you to um, bowel movements. And then I think one of the best ones, which is coming out in our new formula, was is uh, sucrosomial. Mm. And then there's you know various types of other magnesiums. And what was unique about that is when we started calculating this and, and working this all out, we start to find some commonalities in our experiment. And then we test it with our bigger team. And, and so we're just doing real world testing. These aren't double blind studies, they're clinical studies. And for most people, they would start to see 
extreme positive results from magnesium supplementation somewhere after one and a half and usually to three grams. And in extreme cases like me that were dealing with heavy deficiencies, I went up to between five and six grams a day for several months uh, and divided dosages. I wouldn't take it all at once, by the way. And now today I use about uh, one and a half grams per day because being in front of blue light, being in a high EMF place here in Venice Beach, my burn rate's very high. So even though I've saturated my life, my burn rate of magnesium is pretty high for my physiology of my body. So I keep my dosage really high. So you dose up, you hit the desired results, and then I would start cutting back. And it took me about six months to completely correct my magnesium imbalance and find my optimal dosage. And we were spending so much money on all these different types of magnesium. We said, well, why don't we just make a magnesium that had like all seven of the best, the best magnesiums in it pre-done. And then we won't have to worry about it anymore. Well, it turned out we just made it for ourselves actually like, well, let's see if we can sell it. Well, it became this worldwide smashing sensation because when we make a product, we look at how do we make the very best product in the class regardless of the price, let's get to function. And then once you do that, um, it certainly hurts your margins as a business. And there's, there's no supplement company that would start their company with the kind of margins that we operate under, but we have a good enough name now that we believe that having a customer over the long time term, it works out as opposed to trying to just do a me too, uh, me too marketing where you're riding on the coattails of some research or some trend where you're putting a mishmash of maybes in a bottle. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's been regulated. Maybe it's high quality. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. And and that's a, so. There's two different types of supplement companies, and we're focused on mission, not on margin. And many are focused on margin, not mission. And that's why I think the industry's got such a bad name. Yeah, this is what I tell people all the time with supplements: is that they're not all made equally, and supplement companies at the end they're businesses, and they've got to they've got to hit those margins, they've got to make money, they got to keep their expenses low. So, you know what they do is they try to churn out the most amount of product they can in the shortest amount of time, and so and really most of them don't even own their own manufacturing. You know they they sublet that out, and so you have many different supplement companies that use the same manufacturing. The only difference is the name on the label and they use all these fillers and flow agents and preserve it. I mean, I had a supplement company, I'm not going to say who send me some samples and I was excited to try them because I liked the formula, but on their website, they didn't put that very important part called other ingredients on the, you know, on the website. And I looked at the other ingredients and I was like, there's no way I'm putting this in my body. You know, it was like uh, vegetable oil, this, and, you know, silicon dioxide. I mean, just some crazy, I know silicon dioxide can go either way, but I mean, the, the other ingredients was actually longer than the list of ingredients in the proprietary blend. And, you know, to me, and I tell people those all the time, it's like, when you see something like that, that means the supplement is not made well. It might have a little bit of the stuff you want, but it doesn't have all the stuff right. you want. And, um, that's what I love about your magnesium is that it doesn't have all that stuff. It has, you know, uh, a hefty dose of these different types of magnesium. Granted, you know, if you're like, I need a lot of magnesium three and eight, you might want to go get like a magnesium three and yep. eight supplement, or if you need magnesium glycinate, go do that. But if you're like, I just need magnesium and I want it to give a nice, even distribution, 
this is the best comprehensive magnesium supplement I've seen. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly how we designed it. I think there's, there's always a case for single groups within a, a family of products used for specific things. You could say that with amino acids, for example, right? Certain amino acids in certain dosages have very distinct effects. Even though you might have the same amount of amino acids in a protein shake, it doesn't have that effect when taken in singular action. And so that's where the strategy being employed by a qualified, you know, practitioner who can look at the individual, look at what their goals are, and then select what I would say the highest return uh, supplements for the effort involved. And, and then you, you kind of cycle through different things and you address one thing and then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing over time. And then you get to a place where it's like, okay, well, I've relieved all of the distress systems, the disease source states. Well, what can I do? Because you move from being disempowered into an empowerment. And I think that's our goal is to take people out of this physical suffering because unfortunately that's what motivates most people. But once you overcome that, it's like, well, what can you actually be? What, what is it really like to have your brain switched on 12, 14 hours a day? No sense of fatigue, ultimate levels of focus, uh, easy verbal fluency, total um, cognitive control. Well, it's not believable when you're just suffering from indigestion. Once you recover that, then you can start speaking to people's ambitions and what's possible. And that's where biohacking or biological optimizations, we like to call it, becomes kind of an addictive pursuit in itself. Because if I can extend my productive career or my quality of life factor by 10, 15, 20, 30 years, what's the, what's the inherent value both in quality of experience, my contribution to my family, to the world in large? It's, it's exponential in its investment. So um, that's what we're all about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you're, you're talking about like, we've mentioned the digestion stuff a lot because at the end of the day, we said it earlier, you, you are what you absorb and the supplements. I mean, you know, you can't supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle, right? You can't I do McDonald's and multivitamins, right? Yeah. It's, uh, and I think there's a lot of people, I, when COVID first started, I had a guy in one of my biohacking groups hit me up and he's like, dude, I think I got COVID. I got to go to the hospital. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I'm having chest pains. I can't breathe. I'm like, oh man. He's like, he's like, what should I take? I'm like, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, like, what are you like, we, like what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I'm just like, I smoke a pack of cigarettes every day and, and now I can't breathe. And I think it might be COVID. I'm like, no, man, there's no supplement that's going to get this pack of cigarette a day thing you got going on rectified. So, you know, sometimes you have to like, look at these non supplement things, you know, and diet is the best example, which is, you know, kind of shifting gears, like a lot of people do this while I eat healthy thing. Right. And everybody has like their own kind of interpretation of what eat healthy means. Um, I've been through a ringer of diets. I'm sure you've been through a ringer of diets. Um, in the end, I think everything kind of works, but you are what you absorb. If you're not absorbing the nutrients from whatever diet you have, be it plant-based, animal-based, a mix of the two, you know, you're not, you need the nutrients from food as a foundation first and foremost, which is why I love the, the Masszymes product, the digestive enzymes, 
you know, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, we learned that you health comes from the top down. So fixing your upper GI, if you want to fix your gut, the first thing you got to do is you got to actually rehab your ability to absorb nutrients. And the best hack or biohack that I know of, there's two of them and you have products for both of them is the enzymes and uh, the HCL. And yep. when I was fixing my gut, um, I leaned into those pretty hard. And, uh, and now I'm, I don't need to take those products or not all, when I go to like to a crazy big meal, I'll, I'll take a few digestive enzymes with me, but, um, man, again, huge game changer for me, both those things. Yeah. It's undigested proteins are, are one of the biggest things that cause an inflammatory response inside the body. And when you go through the five stages of digestion you taste, touch and feel and sense the food and start masticating the food, food goes down in the upper intestinal, uh, upper cardiac portion of the stomach, you got 30 to 60 minutes. That's where the enzymes, which were supposedly present in the food when you ate it, would break down your food. Now, humans are the only species on the planet that cooks their food, processes their food and uh, pasteurizes and irradiates their food, which take out all the enzymes and all the microbes that we would have nor of every other species gets when it consumes its natural diet. Then hydrochloric acid comes in, you know, and, and changes the pH, which activates some enzymes, deactivates others, disinfects from bacteria, viruses, pathogens, all bugs, and then minerals buffer that acid coming out of the digestive system into the intestinal tract. And then the microbiome, the various types of flora are going to work on that and convert the last stage of that food into either energy units or building blocks. And then peristaltic contraction is going to continue the process and remove the waste product. So the first stage is that proteolytic response, particularly. Um, and, then, and then when you have people who have allergies, for example, or, or reactive components to different foods, and oftentimes they'll select diets. So someone who's eaten a lot of sugar as a kid oftentimes will do better on a ketogenic diet because they blew out their carbohydrate metabolism pathway. Someone who ate a lot of protein at their life and built up high levels of uric acid and, and, and these type of things switch to a plant-based diet for a while and they go, oh, it's remarkable. And so what they're not able to accurately assess is the initial dietary benefits that they might've engaged in were just offsetting the limitations of the diet that got them into the first place. And then they become part of this tribalistic mentality that I'm a keto guy or I'm a plant-based guy. And they, they, they adopt a rigid position because they got benefits for three, six months or two years or whatever length of time, as opposed to looking at diets. Every diet has advantages. Every diet has disadvantages. And working within one's own genetics, uh, gut health, and what their desired goals are, their lifestyle components, you can then tweak, okay, this is going to be more optimal is something that you can say uh, with for a long period of time, the rest of your life, in other words, and then have someone to help them make the adaptive changes as life changers or life changes. Uh, and and that's, that's a huge value because life is dynamic. It's not static. Absolutely. And you want to be able to enjoy food at the end of the yeah. day. You know, it's like when you start, these, these food allergy tests, you know, I think they're good up to a point, but I think at the end of the day, they really freak people out. And then, you know, you have this, this thing where people are, 
I mean, dealing with chronic gut conditions up and down the board, you know, I, I, I would be hard pressed to find anybody nowadays that isn't dealing with at least some degree of, um, of discomfort, you know, mm-hmm. all the way up to just crippling pain on a daily basis. And, you know, they're like, I used to eat all this and now I eat literally like three slices of bologna a day. And that's, that's all I can stomach. And so, um, you know, focusing on these, these specific components of digestion, like the hydrochloric acid. I mean, this backwards mentality we have of, well, you have heartburn because you have too much stomach acid. Okay. That's interesting because it's actually the other way around, you know, and people who supplement with uh, hydrochloric acid know this to go, Oh, it's not because I have too much hydrochloric acid. It's because there's a dysfunction in my, uh, was it esophageal, um, sphincter that because I have so little of it, it doesn't communicate well to keep it closed. It's like the door is always open and you know, I'm drinking pink stuff, which makes it worse. I'm alkalizing myself to death. Everyone tells me to to go alkaline, alkaline, alkaline. And then what you actually really need is the hydrochloric acid, because that's the thing that breaks the food down. Um, so you can better digest it, come in with some enzymes that can literally rip the food apart and absorb the nutrients better to give you the nutrition you need because your body is so depleted of all of these nutrients. Correct. And, uh, Obviously, you know your stuff and you understand that role and why it's so important. And the funny part is, is a lot of people go, well, I don't know. Shouldn't you just be able to break down your food? But then they go off and do a, a good course of enzymes and hydrochloric acid, maybe, a, you know, some probiotics thrown in. And all of a sudden it's like all these things that they were suffering from go away. And they're like, wow, how's that and possible? And they never, they never know it until, until you bring it up, like, Hey, how's that? Um, you know, uh, how's that cramping? How's that ulcer? Yeah. Oh, you know, I haven't actually thought about that in a while. I guess it, I guess I don't have it anymore. Yeah, and that's that's crazy how that works. And you can actually eat food again. So, I believe that this is something um, I share with people too. I believe that the healthier one becomes, the more choices that you have from a dietary perspective as a less and. I believe that the goal should not be how restrictive I can be with my eating. And I think a person oftentimes needs to be restrictive early on in the game uh, through elimination, then optimization and and moving through that spectrum. But eventually you should be able to develop enough digestive capabilities that you can do well on a variety of different diets with zero uh, consequences to switching between different dietary choices. And I think that's the state that we would all like to be in, but to get there, you got to fix your gut in the first place uh, or you'll never get there. So, yeah. And you should be able to party a little bit, you know, you should be able to like, you know, go out and be like, you know, I'm going to have a cheap, a cheap meal today and like not, and not have it like take you out for a week. Exactly. Or not, or not having anxiety about a social event or, you know, going out with your friends or, or, you know, going on vacation, for example, that you can go into those things with full confidence that, Hey, I'm not going to destroy myself on this. I can go off, have some fun, do some socializing, eat some things that maybe aren't on my normal diet. I know how to manage that. And when I get done with that whole event, I can come back and, and, and recapture the joy of a dietary practice that really helps my body. So then, and then what I find is you develop a healthy relationship around food 
as opposed to an unhealthy relationship where it becomes this love-hate um, experience where people go on the wagon and come off the wagon and back on the wagon and becomes this really push-pull uh, component where they see optimal digestion or optimal health as something that is in conflict with having an enjoyable, healthy lifestyle. Totally. Yeah. And I think people, at least for me, this is really starting to come to light, especially with a lot of these conversations I've had on this podcast with, you know, people like yourself, a lot of the naturopaths who are in this digestion game, but the American population, especially probably worldwide, but I know in my own experience and, and other people I talk with the role of antibiotics and um, the processed food system and the glyphosate, you know, you put these things together. It's like people's guts have been destroyed over the last 50 years, especially, I mean, probably with even the last 30 years, um, more than anything else. Um, and it's just, it just doesn't get better. It's like you go to the doctor because you have a gut issue or because you're, you know, you have uh, a fever or something, the doctor just pounds you with antibiotics and the, the role that that plays in your gut bacteria, just wiping everything out, um, certainly contributes to these things we're talking about that puts people on these restrictive diets and puts people in these, uh, you know, these moments of distress where they can't eat things because they cause sensitivities. Um, you know, so it does come back to, Hey, what can we do? You, you're not just going to fix this overnight. So how can we do, what, what can we do to support the system of helping you better use your gut to your advantage? Totally. And just to give you some statistical backing up of that 13% of the emergency hospital visits today in in United States are related to a gastrointestinal issue. That means you're going to the hospital in an emergency situation. A hundred million people a day report suffering from some sort of digestive distress. 25% of those are on permanent prescription medication, most which was never intended to be used for more than six weeks. It's bonkers. It's cold, completely, it's completely bonkers. And so what people have to do is, and I always say, go look at a black and white photo of your grandparents. So if you look in black and white photos, very seldom did you see people out of shape or overweight or whatever uh, with kids and, and, or, or parents or adults or whatever. You look at the pictures, the black and white pictures. And yet if you walk down the mall today in America, if you have the ability or down a street in any given city, you see extreme levels of digestive, you know, gut distension, obesity, and, you know, people are living the standard American diet. So the first observation should be, well, if I do what everybody else is doing, probably going to end up like everybody else's, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, it's like, so I need, and, and here is the thing, you, you need to have a professional to step in and be your coach to get you to the other side. Because oftentimes the social pressure and connection that food has with people in your environment is sometimes so difficult that you need someone to get you through the adaptive change changes to the new dietary, to overcome the food addictions, to get these things that are out of your lifestyle and to be able to have, um, 
a bulwark against much of the social pressure that you may get from your family, your friends, your coworkers, and things like that. Cause food is so tied up into our social culture and it really takes um, a concerted effort, especially in those early weeks to get over the hump where you start to feel and see the benefits of that program and, and it builds its own momentum. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, being the crazy cat lady and having your enzymes with your dinner, you know? Uh, but I do want to, before we wrap here, I, I do want to ask you one more thing because you have a very interesting product um, coming out. We spent a lot of time talking about digestion and I think that's, you know, really where you guys have made a lot of your bread and butter. The magnesium I think is, is incredible, but you guys have a product that I just found. Um, I think it's available now. And I feel like this product really just hits home something that I have been obsessed about now uh, for some time, which is uh, blood sugar. And the product's called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. And I, I'm so I'm so enamored by this product because it hits this, it it, it it hits the blood sugar, right? And that's such a problem that goes along with digestion. It's such an epidemic in the United States where I don't know, what is it, three out of ten, six out of ten people are diabetic or pre-diabetic, three out of five kids or two out of five kids is pre-diabetic. Um, we have a blood sugar problem. And when I look at the formula that you have in this, in this product, I mean, the nutrients are so spot on. Um, you know, I really encourage people to, to check this out because it could, it could certainly help. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, how you came across this product, the ingredients in it, you know, really, really the, the manifestation of, of blood sugar breakthrough. Thank you. Um, well, it came out of, again, um, Matt, who has been a ketogenic dieter for many, many years, I think 26 years has always been someone that has been tracking his blood sugar. And then his, and he had tried all the various blood sugar optimization components because it was an area that was not necessarily very good for him. I'm a carbivore. Um, I do very well on carbohydrates and, and plant-based diet and stuff like that, which that works for my unique physiology. He's completely the opposite. And, and I think there's benefits to that. We're, we're dietary agnostic. But what we're really telling is his mother, his mother-in-law uh, lost uh, both her feet from uh, diabetes. And a lot of people don't understand diabetes isn't just a blood sugar issue. It's a progressive disease, which results in neuropathy, the building up of plaque inside the system, which all the itises, arthrosclerosis, Anything that you have, and you know these these build, uh, heart disease, uh, cancerous things, uh, inflammatory conditions are all related to the, the the poor management of blood sugar with some sort of trauma that lead to disease. I just had a, a Dr. Jacoby on my podcast discussing this and and how extensive it is in America, and so he was like he checked his blood sugar for his wife and it was on the point where he, she probably could have been hospitalized. She was still functioning, but he's like, holy. So he decided that, you know, he's going to go attack this. And that's, uh, he's a maniac when he goes on. It's good, very like the magnesium. He's like, we're going to figure it out. So we literally got every single possible nutrient that had been associated with positive responses and blood sugars. And we have, a, a, we have also a team 
a university PhD team in the microbiome to look at the interactions between there and how foods transit over to the bloodstream and different probiotics. And then we looked at all these different elements and we had everybody on the team wearing blood sugar trackers and we're, we're taking, you know, the various items. And then we did, uh, we combined a proprietary blend of these various blood sugar regulators. And then we do, you know, several different versions. And then the whole team is literally testing their own response. And then we correlate those responses because we have a pretty big team and a lot of different genetics, a lot of different dietary, a lot of different. So we, we're getting what I call real world data, not a controlled double blind study where you're controlling every single element to get the result that you want because it's sponsored by the people who are doing it. We're looking at how do we get the, a, a positive response? And then we tracked the various formulations that we put together, which, which had the most beneficial effect across the board with the group of people within our own study. So we're doing kind of an internal based study with our own team. And when we, and then, you know, we do one version, we kind of allocate that out and then we do another version. And based on how we develop the formulas, you can kind of see which elements have the most impact and so after three or four generations of these experiments and a lot of people getting tired of, of <laughs> testing their blood sugar, we come up with a formulation. And that's how we came up with blood sugar breakthrough, which is it's got, um, you know, it's got, let me see, biotin, chromium, B propolis, uh, cyanthox, which is a form of, um, it, it, I can't even, it's, it's a very, let's see where we go through, benfamine. Arlipolic acid, banana leaf, uh, gymnasta, uh, sylvestra. I always wonder if that's, I always wonder if I'm saying that correctly. It's got um, this other product called Glucovantage, glycostat. It's got sinulin. It's got inoslim. Each one of these elements have been proven to manage blood sugar. And then we put them in the precise dosages, which they are uh, synergistically complementary because Blood sugar isn't just a single pathway. And I think a lot of people um, tend to think, whether it's neurochemistry, whether it's blood sugar, whether it's muscle building, they tend to look at, and this is kind of the oversimplification of the world, they're looking for the one thing. What's the one, you probably get this, what's the one thing I need to take to fix this? And it's like, no. There is a variety of pathways that need to be addressed and you may get lucky that that was the one that worked for you. But as a company who's looking to lower blood sugars, like we need the whole array because if someone's struggling from blood sugar, it's oftentimes multiple pathway fails because your body kind of has it's got this, it's great regulatory mechanisms for survival. If it's not able to, for example, let's just look at how you get energy. Okay. If you can't get energy from carbohydrates, your body can use fats. If your body can't use fats, it can convert proteins. You know, if, if, if you're starving, don't eat anything, it'll take fat and convert it into ketones. Like it has all of these regulatory mechanisms that have been built up evolutionary that says, well, this is my ideal. This is my secondary. This is my third thing. This is my fourth thing. It's almost like a military operation. You've got contingencies onto contingencies. By the time someone gets to a point where they have very big issues with their blood sugar, oftentimes they've got three, four pathways that have already failed. Mm -hmm. 
and they're, they're, they're not able to accurately assess how damaged they actually are. You've literally blown through every biological uh, protection mechanism that your body has developed. Like you're down to the last legs. And then literally the next step is medical intervention, you know, where they're gonna have to cut something off, put you on a drug for the rest of your life. And you're still, it's going to alleviate some of the symptoms, but you're still getting the degeneration associated with that problem. And so I'm not against medical um, uh, intervention because it saves lives for certain, but people have to realize the doctor is only there to keep you alive. And they're not there to make comments on your lifestyle. They're not there to make um, interactions of what you could do to overcome your uh, digestive issues or your metabolic pathways that are damaged. That's not what they're trained in. They're trained to keep you alive and they do a good job at that. But a lot of people project their health or their survival and put all the pressure on this external authority that sees you for five minutes in, an in a thing. It's, that to me doesn't make any sense. So people don't step back and look at the big picture. And that's why they need to work with someone like yourself who is able to make those calls off the bit, first on a general basis and then on a specific basis and then ultimately just diving deep to where you want to go. So that's where the origination of that product came from. And uh, the data is great. Everybody that's been using it, that are tracking their blood sugar are shocked about how effective it actually is, you know, and, and it's, it's been very rewarding. It just went out all over the place and uh, it looks like it's going to be a home run product. That's amazing. And it's like you said, these different pathways, right? Blood sugar is so complex because it also involves the endocrine system. You know, right. it's like, we're talking about hormones and guys are, you know, dealing with low testosterone. Okay. Well, what's the diet? Oh, it's very sugar heavy. Okay. Oh, it's very, uh, you know, processed fried food heavy. Okay. Well, you know, where does your blood sugar go when you have these things? Oh, your blood sugar goes up and then it crashes and the cortisol shoots up. And then, you know, when your cortisol's up, you're not making testosterone and you just go through this day after day, you know, go into sleep problems because your body's shooting out cortisol, your liver, you know, isn't processing things correctly. And yeah, it's a complex system. And I really feel that, especially in the nootropics community, when we're talking about how do we stabilize mental health, well, the brain runs off of these nutrients too. And if you, you know, if you have these, if you're hypoglycemic, if you're hyperglycemic, if your blood sugar is all over the place, you know, I always tell people, it's like, well, how do you know you have a blood sugar issue. Okay. Well, the easiest way, do you get hangry, right? Can, you know, after two hours for some people, it's like half hour, 45 minutes after eating, do you feel cranky? You know, do you feel sleepy? Do you feel no energy? Do you feel like your brain is just crashing all throughout the day? Do you feel anxiety? Do you feel depression? We probably have a blood sugar issue. And, um, you know, yeah, you can take all these nootropics. You can take a $300 a week nootropic stack that, you know, might give you a little bit of juice here and there, but it's going to deplete your acetylcholine. Um, what is the actual long-term solution, gut health and blood sugar management? Dr. Um, David Hawkins talked about when he was running his clinic in New York, the largest psychiatric practice in the United States at the time that he would be treating um, very advanced neurological conditions and the first thing that he would get his uh, schizophrenic patients to deal with is he would get them off sugar and 50% reduction 
in the symptoms just for getting them off of sugar. That's amazing. Right? 50%. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's kind of went to worldwide fame, talks about who suffers from anxiety himself. And he said, um, track your anxiety. Have yourself a, have yourself a proper, uh, you know, protein and fat meal or early on is you, you'll find that this reduces the symptoms of anxiety significantly, you know? So like here are people at the very height of their game that have done nothing but study all of the little nuances within psychology and psychiatry and neurocognitive functioning. And they're suggesting, Hey, you need to address these dietary issues. If, if you, if you want to have the best benefit from the treatments and education they have. And so that's a clue that people need to pay attention to. I mean, you just look at it too. Look at the numbers, look at the amount of anxiety. I think the statistic I saw, maybe it was in May that just in 2020 from like January to May, uh, anti-anxiety medication went up like 60 or 70%, some crazy number, 30%, whatever it was, it went up a pretty substantial amount because now everybody has anxiety, you know? And I think we all kind of know that feeling of anxiety. And for some people it's more crippling, but then also look over here and see how much breakfast cereal they sell every year, <laughs> right? Exactly. Walk down the, walk down the middle of the grocery store aisle and see all the white bread, see all the flour, see all the breakfast cereal, see all the freaking cereal soda that pe and people are drinking this stuff first thing in the morning, you know, and, and then just correlate. It's a simple correlation, right? Like this stuff is going into people's bodies and then the medications going into their bodies. So it's not all just going into the atmosphere. It's it, somebody's, somebody's drinking all the soda. Think about how many people get up in the morning, take their anti-depression, anti-anxiety medication, Go to the Starbucks, have a uh, ha have a, a a triple vente latte, extremo sugar laden, chemical laden smash. Couple pumps, and get, a, and get a massive cortisol hit, and 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 ride that wave for an hour or two. Go through the crash, right? Back to the shop, hit another one. Throw in a bagel and, 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 some, and some processed cheese. Get another run. Want to pass out by three. Come home in the evening. Knock back a bottle of wine and then can't sleep the rest of the night and need a, a sleep medication to bring themselves down. Wake up in the morning so groggy and hit the program again. That's the norm nowadays. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's like we, we had Susan Powder way back in the day. I don't even know if you remember her. She had this book that came out and she was very outrageous and maybe one of the craziest people I've ever seen hit the dietary road. And she had a book. It was called stop the insanity. And you know, that message was really great. Like stop the insanity. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like so many people's books now where it's like the, you know, the, the thyroid recipe or like the, right. you know, the, the gut fix <laughs> hers is just like, stop it. <laughs> Let's stop. just stop the, ins yeah, it's, it's nuts. And the, the, the craziest thing to me is just how not aware, like, I don't blame people, you know, I totally get it. There's a lot of stuff to be distracted by, but 
man, when you just, when you just put it on paper and then you see it for your, like, if you can just take a step back, not miss the forest through the trees and just go, huh? Bagel, strawberry, cream cheese, coffee with uh, sugar and creamer. And then two hours later, anxiety or two hours later, depression, or, you know, six hours later, I need a nap. And when you, when you start to put that stuff together and then you start to realize like, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I, I grew up just normal American, right? Standard American diet, drank soda every day. My mom had always a stash of bagels. We had don't, we had it all right. And I'm 16, like out in front of my house playing basketball, feeling like hypoglycemic, feeling like those blood sugar drops, not knowing like, what do I do? It was like instinctively I ran back inside and like had a glass of soda just, or an apple or just to get it, the blood sugar back. I just had no, it just felt, felt dizzy feeling hypo. I mean, 16 years old, you know, which is like, I don't know if I was pre-diabetic or whatever it was, but now I see kids walking around who are in far worse shape than me. And, you know, when you're looking at 14 year olds who are obese, 15 year olds who are obese, I'm just thinking like 30 down, 30 years down the road, I don't see how this healthcare system can sustain this. I got a friend. Um, we have a, a kid that is, uh, he's in BMX racing right now. He's six years old and he just started and he's now winning state championships. He's been doing, his parents are very conscientious about his food and his supplementation, his digestive health, and he's crushing these other kids out there. And um, it's one of our researchers from Bioptimizer. She does a lot of genetic and epigenetic researchers. And she's like, she's at these events, right? And here's the parents, like, knocking, like getting this six or seven-year-old kid to, to, to drink two or three Red Bulls before they run through the, <laughs> before they run through the BMX track, right? The kid is just cranked out of his head. Oh yeah. Then they're crashing and they're, and they're, they're going to McDonald's or they're, they're eating, uh, they're eating, you know, they're taking slugging back sodas and chips and hot dogs. And it's like, these things, which, which seem to give you a, a, a high at the moment, but who knows what the consequences of that's going to be for that kid by the time they're a teenager. Um, so, you know, ignorance is pervasive and we have to always look at, well, I think the hardest thing to do is overcome one's own cognitive biases. Well, what, let's stop, let's stop assuming that I know everything and let's have enough humility to say, well, I really don't know everything. The, the longer I've been in this industry, the more I realize I don't know. Right. And, and, and so what I see is I always try to hold things in mind of, well, this is the best that we know at this point, but we're always looking to improve. And that's innate within the ethos of our company. And over the last 16 years, uh, with all the variant experiences that we have done and experiments, we've found some very core things that we've been able to address. Digestive health, uh, nervous system optimization, blood sugar regulation, and, um, and we'll continue to go down those roads. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job, Wade. I really, uh, I'm excited for where you guys are going. I'm so happy for the success you have, you know, the supplements are great. The, the message is great. You know, the, your voice is definitely needed within this biohacking community. So I thank you for your work. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you very much. And, um, if I don't mind, I can give you people a code if they want to check out our stuff. Um, I love what you said that you can't supplement your way out of a bad dietary lifestyle. I use the exact same words and I give away a course called the awesome health course. 
and a blueprint for biological optimization, basically the blueprint of how we do controlled experiments on ourselves. And uh, we don't even get to supplements till like way down late in the course, because you have to have these foundational principles. Um, so our company, if they, you go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic nootropics, you can get 10% discount, but more importantly, you can download the course, get it for free, start addressing its five to 15 minute videos that you can just watch. And I give the research people can explain and do that. And the other thing is, is um, as a company, we make our, we stand behind our products. We have a, a Six Sigma customer service. If anybody tries any product that we ever produce, and it's not better than anything they've ever experienced or didn't give them the result they expected to have. We just give them their money back. That way we de-risk it because we want to encourage people to start doing strategic targeted optimization programs um, for, their, for their products. And the interesting thing is, as I think I know a ton of people in this industry, I think we have the lowest refunds rate that I've ever heard of. It's an extraordinary level because we make good products, we back them up. And if something doesn't work for people, hey, no problem. We'll give it back to you um, and, and maybe pass you on to someone else that might address the pathway that we don't. Sure, yeah. And you have a lot of very positive uh reviews and um, testimonials from a lot of really great influential people in the industry. So uh, definitely listeners, check out Wade's deal. That was biooptimizers.com forward slash holistic nootropics. Check out the course, get the info. Wade, before we sign out, is there any knowledge that you could drop, you know, as far as what you believe is the key to optimal mind, body health? Absolutely. And that would be observation. Um, I think we live in a world that focuses so much externally and has checked out of our ability to observe ourselves. And I think you nailed it very early in this conversation where you said with you had your clients run a th write a three-day journal and they struggled to do that. And what that means is, is that people are so hooked into what's outside of themselves and have forgotten to look within yourself because almost all of the answers and observations are there. And part of the guidance of a coach is to help remind you of your unique capabilities to understand and comprehend yourself, to pick out patterns and to alter those patterns in a way that allows you to produce the right result over the long term. And I think um, there's so much concordance between what you're saying, what I discovered for my own self. I think your listeners will be very valid to leverage your services to make that journey much quicker, faster and more effective than they could if they didn't. So uh, thank you for having me on the podcast to contribute a little bit to your life's work. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Wade. This has been a, a really fun conversation. We hit on so many amazing topics. Um, I know anybody listening to this is going to not only enjoy listening to the podcast, but probably take something away and maybe even go buy a thing of magnesium or something. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Yes, uh, for sure. And for more info, everybody feel free or please check out holisticnootropics.com forward slash podcast, where we have all the show notes to this podcast and all the podcasts in our library. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks so much for watching. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.